And it is another week. This is Andrew Wood, joined as always by pastor and friend Jason COVID Hayes. Wow. Well, is that not, of, all, of, all your, the, what, of all the nicknames one could receive, that would not be one you'd want to have. Now, what if your name was COVID? Now, I will say I was watching Major League Soccer. I don't know if you've watched. Have you watched any pro sports I actually yet? haven't, no. Okay, so it's interesting. It is definitely really interesting. In fact, one of the craziest things is... Um, when they're trying to pipe in the crowd noise. Which is a bit odd. Okay, so I here's a crazy like. thing. So um, one of the ways that a couple of these leagues are functioning is they are using crowd noise that they had previously already captured for their um, – their games, like for like MLB The Show or right. something okay, like yeah, that. that makes sense. And so – the noises that you're used to listening to if you were playing that game yeah, on yeah. your PS4 or whatever it may be is now actually the voice or the noise that is being piped so into the stadium. you may hear a guy say, hot dogs. Yeah, yes, it's crazy. Anyways, all this to say, I was watching Major League Soccer. My youngest is into soccer, and that's what I played back in the day. And um, we were watching, and one of the guys' names uh, is Corona. His oh. last name is Corona. Oh, that's... You know, and I was like, great marketing right now, man. Right. Like, like yeah. I think if I think, and I, I mean, obviously this is, there's, this is no like, um, you know, I, I don't want to diminish his heritage sure, or anything sure. of that sort or his family name, yeah. how we're all so proud of our family names. But I just think during this particular yeah. season, I might just switch to something else. Yeah. When it was like back when, when ISIS became like the, the thing, yes. the terrorist group, uh, there was a, a there was a family that like a year before had named their child ISIS. <laughs> what? And, and so then it's like, oh, oh, we probably should. Yeah, we probably should change that legally. And, yeah, and not call them <clears throat> ISIS. You know, uh, Hayden, uh, or maybe it could have been Henley. So we have three boys, Hayden, Henley, and Hyatt. I think it might have been Henley. Actually, was potentially going to be a Henry. Okay. Okay. He was going to be a Henry, and yeah. uh, we tr- to the point of. We actually had things monogrammed, like not by us. So that's but, why you got Henry tattooed on your arm. Yes, it's okay. a little weird now. Yeah, uh, I've tried to mark now. it out, you know, but, uh, he was going to be a Henry Hayes. Yeah, that's good. And, uh, I said we had, you know, a couple baby blankets or something that we'd received in a shower. And uh, I think maybe a couple weeks out, I just decided to use the Google. You know, I decided to use the internet. Yeah. And uh I thought, I'm going to just check. I just want to check. I don't know. Is there someone popular out there? You know, is there is there someone yeah. that I should know of uh, that's, uh, that's a Henry Hayes? And Henry Hayes is apparently um, maybe the first ever um, American that was put to death for hate crimes. Oh, wow. He was uh, a... <laughs> Head Klansman. Oh wow! Uh, with the KKK, man. And uh, and I was like, I hope that my kids grow up in a generation where they will never have yeah. any understanding of who the KKK are. However, I'm just not going to risk that. Yeah. I cannot look at my sweet little child. I understand? And and know that I, I'm about to blow your mind. I, your name is Corona. No, no, Henry Hayes. Uh, my name is Andrew Hamilton Wood. Uh, but my, I had a neighbor growing up. Give it to me. And uh, the kids, and he was he was probably he was probably a few years older than me. And I prom- I'm not making this up. His name was Adolf. 
Wow. Which means there was like everybody knew. Why would you name your child? That? Right. But that was his name. Right. Right there in, in little small town, middle Tennessee. And we he had, had to go around with that name. We had a Budweiser. <laughs> Dead serious in our neighborhood. Dead serious. Of course you did. Yeah. Of course you did. Yeah. Right there in Farragut. Yeah, I know. You wouldn't expect it. But there it you is. That's more it's of a right Cornersville there. name. That's that, <laughs> Cornersville probably would be more oh, of a nat, nat light. Yes. <laughs> probably yeah. More. But, but all right, a Budweiser. Yeah, crazy. Man. Yeah, man. So, uh, you know, not too much new stuff going on. I mean, I guess there's plenty of, I'm sure uh, of things that are happening yeah. in the world. You know, I think today, though, we should possibly talk about this whole deal that is happening in California. Yeah, man. You know, we talked a lot about Corona. We talked a lot about our personal response. We talked about how we should function, uh, corporately as a nation and, you know, how we need to be for one another. But we've probably not talked maybe enough about, um, the response of the church. And I mean, the, the larger church. Um, but, but, there's a situation that has arisen in California, yeah. and I'll let you unpack it a little bit more, but basically you have a governor of California that is banning uh, church gatherings. Now, yeah. not just church gatherings, yep. but there has been a lot of pushback because um, it seems like there's some inconsistencies. You know, things like, hey, well, you don't want someone to be singing here because it could potentially spread germs and things of that sort. However, are you really going to implement that type of limitations on everyone else in other parts of activity in the state? And so there's been restrictions as it relates to the church. And now um, John MacArthur, uh, you know, a, a massive voice of the faith, uh, pastor in yeah. California, his church has come out and basically said, we will not uh, follow this guideline or, or this instruction. Yeah. We are going to push back on that. And in fact, this last Sunday, they actually met in and person sang. Yeah. and saying, yeah. uh, a number of people, um, with masks, many people without masks. What didn't seem again, based on the few pictures that I have seen, didn't seem like there was, uh, a a ton of difference from how that they had maybe been functioning beforehand. Now that's pure speculation. That's yeah. 100% speculation. I would be foolish and probably missed to think that they weren't doing or taking some measures, uh, to, to, you know, try to ensure safety. But the point is it is the church saying to the government, we will not follow your yeah. guidelines to not worship together. Well, I, I think the, it's interesting. If you're in Tennessee, like we are, we have a governor that has said, at no point have I uh, told you to close Correct. as a church. Correct. You have every right to open. Hey, we also know. have a governor that, that is a man of uh, faith. Uh, openly <laughs> yeah. identifying himself yeah. as a man of faith. And so that, Christian faith. So that makes a difference. Uh, we're in a different spot here in Tennessee. What we saw in Tennessee was churches, pastors, elders, deacons, you know, bodies come together and say, we... Maybe we'll close for a certain amount of time. Maybe we'll open, but this is what opening is going to look like and, and all of those things. So first off, I want to make it clear that churches that are opening, the I would say 99% of them are doing so cautiously, taking care of their people, making sure everybody is safe and healthy and, you know, all the, all the things that we're supposed to be doing, being good neighbors and, sure. and that. 
the difference in California for a long time, uh, they were allowing certain things to open, but they were really pretty adamant about churches. Same thing in New York you had. In New York City, you had de Blasio say uh, synagogues couldn't meet. And but really being very particular on Jewish people. Right. Uh, everybody else can kind of do what they want to do. But you Jewish people, you can't meet. You can't have your prayers. You can't have these things. And it was like, okay, like, that's it's getting a little weird. That's not going to work, Why are man. you singling out one one specific yeah. group? And in California, what we're seeing. We've well, it was seen, super weird when he tried to cancel Hanukkah. Yeah, that's right. I was very, like, that is you not. You can't do that, You cannot. Sir. No. Okay. Yeah. If you, for our yeah. listeners, that did not happen. Yeah, well, not happen. wait for it. Yeah. Um, and so in California, you have... Uh, you have these things going on and, and, uh, you know, they're, they're saying that we're seeing a, uh, they, their words would be we're seeing a spike and we're, they're trying to do this and do that. Uh, but John MacArthur has, who's been a good neighbor, been a good leader. Right. Who's been, been doing what they were quote unquote supposed to do. And, but at some point you got to say it really feels like you're targeting people of faith almost to the point where you're going, well, people of faith are ignorant. And so we just got to shut it down because y'all aren't going to take care of yourselves. And and John MacArthur has come out and, and pretty adamantly said that's not going to happen. We right. we follow the uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna listen to the government and we're gonna be good neighbors. But there's got to be a point where we stand up and go, no, no, we're not going to abide by that rule. Right. And so that's that's where we are now. And, and they put out. Uh, uh, they put out a statement and, you know, the, the health department is, they're gonna, they said they're gonna investigate and reach out to the church. Um, and, and so one thing we, we also have to note is during this whole time, abortion clinics has still been considered essential. So abortion clinics haven't closed. Um, and, and so there's a lot of things happening when you're pe- people of faith, you're going, well, hold on. Well, there's, even as a, as I referenced to earlier, you know, that one of the big things was related to singing. Well, <laughs> Uh, okay, and the reason that they're talking about uh, uh, the impact of singing is because they basically said it um, it eliminates the value of the six foot distance. Right. You know, mean, meaning it just sure. kind of it, it takes that away because you're now like forcing those germs. They're they're moving beyond the six foot range. And you're like, okay, now are you planning on are are you going to limit that at the ball field? Right. You know, are you when when moms and dads are shouting for their yeah. little kid, are you um, going to limit that at a at a park where um, a group of guys have gotten together and they're doing um, you know playing uh, uh, you know uh, whatever you want to say ultimate frisbee yeah. you know and you're like oh, okay like are, are where do the restrictions start where do they stop and into to the the statement that you were making it does seem a little bit. Like the church has just become kind of easy pickings. Well, and the, throughout this process, in some parts of the country, the government has been uh, a little flip-floppy. Yep. And so we, out of one side of their mouth, they're saying, we don't need to gather in large groups. You don't need to sing. You don't need to do this. And out of the other side of their mouth, and there's been a number of folks that have come out and said, uh, but for certain things, you need to gather in large groups and protest. You need to gather in large groups and let your voice be heard. And it's like, well, what, which is it? Correct. Because if, if we are, if the virus is truly something we need to be concerned with, and it appears that it is, then, then shouldn't we say across the board for everything? Right. We need to do that. Or does it appear as if some of these government officials uh, have certain agendas in mind and certain toes they don't mind stepping on versus certain toes they are happy to step on. 
and and I feel like that's what we're seeing is we're seeing there are some toes they have no issue right. at all stepping on, and then there's others where they're like, uh, yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna bother with that because that's gonna hurt us come election time. Well, and it almost seems like certain liberties, uh, and and we're gonna talk you know uh, in in one of our other segments about kind of the liberties discussion and things of that sort, but it does feel. A bit as if certain liberties are things that we're really willing to hold to, mm-hmm. but others we're not. So the idea of like our our right to protest, yeah, I mean, I, I get sure. that. Yeah. I completely get that. And even some of the things that, that many people are protesting right now are probably um, warranted. And, and, yeah. and if we if there has been injustice, then the right of the people to speak uh, is understood. And for some might say, hey, listen, that right and the need to speak actually might supersede, you know, the, 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 the precaution that's associated with the coronavirus. And, and, and someone could make that argument. But the only, the only problem is that that's implying that that, that, um, that, uh, you know, that the need for that is greater than the need to, exercise uh, corporate worship yeah. you know you're like oh well, wait wait a minute so s- someone might say yes there is a risk associated with protesting but it's worth it okay and if we're going to say that's fine yep. then then okay but what about the person who says there is a risk associated with worship but it is worth it yep. like the most central thing of my life is my faith and i'm not just talking exclusively about the christian faith yep. they these, you know, guidelines are impacting people of all kinds of different religions, any number of houses of worship. Obviously, do we believe that the only way to the Father is sure. through Jesus? Certainly we do. But the idea of people have the most central thing of their life and, and really the opportunity to worship together, which is a part of that central mm-hmm. faith, being, being taken away and, and people are saying, well, it's not worth the risk in this, yeah. but it is worth the risk over here. And it's that's the, a problem. And the, the same argument. I mean, Correct. It, it is the exact same argument in terms of rights and liberties and, and what we have under our Constitution. And then, of course, what MacArthur is saying, even outside of the Constitution, we answer to the God of the universe. Yep. And, and we're going to go and we're going to move forward with this. And we'll talk more about that when we come back. Yes. Yes, I do. I do believe in love. You know what else I believe in? What? I believe in cleanliness. Oh, it's good. And it feels this afternoon like we are clean. We are. This room is clean. Uh, yeah, sure. so we were just commenting off air. Um, you know, we, we are very appreciative. So there's, there's yeah. no, there's no, uh, like, um, no complaining in this. No, no, no. Um, uh, because we are indeed, and in, in fact, I was listening to the radio this morning and, um, you know, I, I didn't even realize one of the local sports talk shows, they're still, they're like, like they're keeping apart from one another. Really? They're not in huh. the studio together. Wow. And uh, I didn't realize that, and it does speak a lot towards technology and how how good it, it can be done. It also speaks a lot to our dedication and, right. and the love for the people that we still right. Meet. And I, I want to come back to that here in just a minute. You know, not about necessarily our dedication, <laughs> but about one of those head scratchers. Like, man, this is a crazy world we're living in. But the point is, uh, today it smells. How would you describe the smell in the studio today? When I first opened the door, it smelled like I was opening the door to walk into an indoor pool. <laughs> 
Yes. <laughs> like at the hotel or the yep. rec center. Yeah, just like, like that. that. It's just very sterile. Like, like chlorine it feels there's like a chlorine. Almost, yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, and smells good. It takes me back to a, like when I was a kid, maybe. I don't right. know. It, it, you know how smells kind of take you places. Yeah. Um, it, this is one of those smells. Man. It takes me back. Yeah, so again, we, we appreciate our good yeah. friends here at Joyce. I don't even know what they're using, but I'm glad they're cleaning. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so here was another thing that was kind of a, a, an amazing moment. Like, man, do you talk about things that, that are changing and, and we're not going to go this direction on this segment today, but I will just say this. I was watching uh, a major league baseball game and I mean, it, it felt normal with the exception of the, the crowd. Sure. Okay. So, uh, like with major league soccer, they've actually like blocked off the stands. Oh, wow. So it's interesting. So you really, it's not like you're not just continually seeing empty seats. So it kind of takes that away to a degree. Baseball, that's an impossibility. Yeah, I mean, it's just too big of a stadium and, and you can't do that. And, um, you know, with the NBA, they're in this bubble and there are no stands and that helps. Yeah. Um, but you can't do that with baseball. But again, they're piping in the noises and the crowd sounds and, and everything else. The thing that is interesting though, I was listening to these guys do color commentary, play by play. And I mean, they're doing a great job. I mean, fantastic, great job. And then we, I was watching at the Yankees Nationals game. Okay. So you've got a, a New York market and a Washington yep. DC market. Uh, it was actually in Washington DC. And they then announce or, or report somehow in the midst of the conversation comes up. One of the guys that is calling the game is in Denver. Wow. Another guy that was calling the game was in Philadelphia. They're literally calling the games like from their basement or from a studio somewhere. Do you somewhere. think those guys, and I bet their families are like, are this you is in awesome. Denver right now or am I still seeing I'm you? not. I'm in, uh, or are you a hologram? I'm in Texas. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, yeah. But, but I, I do bet some of these families are like, this is great. That's, that you was don't my have point. to travel all the time. You can now broadcast from wherever. You literally went down the street to the studio, or in some cases, yeah. you literally went downstairs to the basement. And, and you know, I'm sure they've spent, I can only imagine oh, the yeah. amount of money that was spent in order to ensure that they're getting incredible feeds of the game and they're seeing it from multiple angles. But still, the idea of yeah. being able to do that from one location and you just have to think, this is another one of those things yeah. that surely it's going to change You know, the game. another thing, I haven't watched a, a game yet, but I did see a highlight of a coach from the Pirates fussing with an ump. With his mask and on. And so he comes out of the dugout, as, yes. as often happens in yes. baseball, because he didn't like a call. And while the umpire is walking over, he reaches in his pocket and pulls out a mask. Correct. And one of the earpieces are broke. broken. And then the coach comes out with like a a, a mask that it's like a gator. A gator, yeah, yeah, comes up over the like from the neck. Yeah. Um. And so he's yelling, and they're they're also not close to each other. It's so awkward looking because normally they're like forehead to forehead. Yeah. You know, they're spitting on each other. Yeah. And so coach is yelling, but he's also recognizing I need to stay six feet away. Right. And then the ump is recognizing I need, he needs to stay six feet away. He's also recognizing his mask is right. broke. And then the announcers are like, oh, they got to be careful yeah. here. Well, the rule is you got to have your mask on. Well, Joe Kelly, so who pitches for the Dodgers, uh, went after the Astros yesterday. Now, as you know, the Astros oh, yeah. cheating Astros, scandal yep, yep. and things of that sort, and there's been – 
already several instances of, and this was true in spring training. Oh yeah, they don't where forget. they're getting hit and of course you know, they are getting getting beamed and all this unwritten stuff. rules of baseball. And uh, and so Joe Kelly was chirping at the Astros. He came in for a really limited amount of time and threw at a couple of them. Yeah, struck one guy out, called him a baby, all this stuff, and I mean just did a. Wow. a, a he called him much worse yeah, than I'm that. Sure. Uh, but the point is, let's put, let's put it this way. The players chose to not execute social distancing when they met in the middle of the field. Oh, wow, I'm sure. Um, does not, I don't, I don't think any punches were thrown. Um, but they were definitely at each other, you know, barking at each other. And, um, and they did, they did have their masks on, but I'm like, this, there's no distancing it's, uh, here. Wouldn't it be funny? Okay, I'm going to charge the mail, but give me a second. Let me get yeah, my mask exactly on, right. and then we're going to handle this. I mean, it just, it's such a, such an odd, odd time. If I were to, char- to if out. I were to choose to charge across the studio today, Would like you, if you were yeah, going yeah. to just, I don't know. If I threw, if, if you, I threw if at you, you. If you threw at me today, uh, you know, I would put my mask on. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, because you know, I do love you. Yeah, right before you punch somebody in the face, it's best you <laughs> respect their help. <laughs> oh, man, oh, me. Yeah. All right, well, so. No, no, speaking of baseball, and then we'll, we'll move on. Yeah. Uh, the Marlins, they've, they've had their season canceled. No, no, right? no, no, no. They just had several, they've had several games canceled. Okay. Not the season yet. Because like, it went uh, through their team. Yeah, bunch, oh yeah, it's, yeah, they like 17 COVID. players so yeah. far or something like that. And coaches and. Yes. And, and so, so they, they've moved their postponing series and okay. teams that were supposed to be playing them are now like, rescheduling, they're, they're now rescheduling their, wow. you know, like their calendar in order to try to play with some of these other teams. I mean, it's, it's, a you know, mess. it's interesting. September, uh, the first or second week, I'm flying to Orlando. Have fun with that. Yeah. yeah. So we had actually, if we're going to have a, For a, a sp- conference spirit of full disclosure here, we had actually hoped to go to Washington DC next week. Mm. In fact, and that wasn't like a long standing mm. plan. That was a plan we made last week. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and the reason that we decided we had, we had planned to go on up and do the Virginia Creeper. Yep. Uh, some of our listeners know what that is. It's a cool bike ride up in Virginia, thus called Virginia right. Creeper. Yep. And it's like 21 miles, I think, and it's just all downhill. Have you, have you never done it, but I've heard of it. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and so we were going to do that and then we were just going to keep on going. We were going to head towards DC. And the reason we were going to head towards DC is uh one hotel rates are rock bottom. Yep. Like we had planned a trip earlier in the summer and had long since canceled it, but Carrie jumped online and looked at the hotel rate yep. for the room that we were going to stay in previously. It was like 60% off the price wow. that we had initially booked. So we're like, okay, we can get in the city. Trump Tower. Yeah, it was not Trump Tower, but then we were like, okay. all right, so you know, what about exposure? Of course, we're going to wear masks sure. and things that sort, but what about exposure? How saturated is yeah. it going to be? Can we avoid mass transportation? All of those things. Yes, so we were always. thinking through, yes, we we're thinking, <laughs> how can we pull it off? Well, here's the crazy deal. A lot of the museums uh, are running at a really, really limited capacity, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. Yeah. And they require RSVP, like a reservation. Okay. Which is even more fantastic. Yeah. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. So I could go into the Bible Museum, yeah. let's say, and I could go there with uh, 20% of the normal crowd and be ensured awesome. that it yeah. is going to remain that. I'm like, this is fabulous. Yeah. Plus, we're going to keep our masks on. Right. So we were going to do that. And Carrie spent a good portion of su- Sunday um, kind of finalizing those plans. And on Monday morning, 
that, that it started getting released that Washington, D.C. had said, if you're coming from, I don't know, 17 different states. Tennessee some, being one of uh, them. You, know, you have to have a 14-day quarantine mm-hmm. before you go into wow. the, really their city, and we are one of those states. Yeah. And so now? You're not going. We are not going. Yeah. Yeah. Are you still going to do the creeper? I think so. We're, okay. we're, we're considering a few other options. Um, but to go back to your declaration about uh, going to Orlando, we do not plan on going to Orlando. Yeah, and I'm just going because I'm supposed to do a workshop at a conference. And I'm waiting for them. I haven't even bought plane tickets yet because I'm waiting for them to change their mind. And they haven't changed their mind. We're staying where soccer players have been in the bubble at the same place we're staying. No, thanks. And so I'm going... Well, well, you know, so I'll do you go think and wear the, my mask. Do you think but. in the segment when we come back we should actually get back to the original Probably. topic? Probably. We'll talk more. Now this, this is for you, man. That's it. Like this is right down your alley. It's Martino, right? Yeah, Martina McBride. You know, my wife, a uh, huge fan of Martina, we actually, when I asked Aaron to marry me, uh, I'm, was, nerv- I'm nervous where this It was go. right before Martina McBride concert. Oh. And so Erin lived, she had moved to Lewisburg, which is right outside. It's in the same county as Cornersville, uh, to be closer to me for obvious reasons. And, uh, and so she had moved to Lewisburg. I'm just going to leave that. And, on the table. Uh, and so she was living in what I would call, uh, it was like tiny house before tiny houses were cool. Okay. And so it was really like a outdoor shed yeah. that somebody had. Uh, but it was, it was, you know, it was nice. It, it had, uh, everything she needed. And, but it was, uh, I asked Aaron to marry me in the living room slash kitchen because it was very small. And so that's where <laughs> slash, I asked her. Slash bathroom. Yeah, it was very slash, small. Very slash small. Slash bedroom. And so I yeah. asked her and then we drove to Nashville to watch Martina McBride, uh, concert. Uh, and then fast forward, when Aaron was pregnant with Gavin, our, our first child, I, for Valentine's or something, we, uh, Aaron has a family member that works in the music industry. And so I reached out and I was like, hey, we're going to Martina's Christmas uh, concert. Would love to, uh, if I could at all possible, get Aaron to meet her. Yeah. How, how, do, I, how do I make that happen? Right. Uh, and so they worked it out. I surprised Aaron. We went back behind uh, before the concert, and we got to meet Martina. And uh, I'm sure she's a lovely woman most of the time. Mm. That particular night, nah, Aaron was super pregnant, and uh, we barely got a picture. And Aaron hates that picture because you know she was super pregnant, yeah. and uh, Martina was barely even looking at the camera. And uh, so, not a great first impression. Yeah, that's. But tough. at least Sometimes. Aaron got to meet her, and then Martina sang and forgot some of the words. And I was like, man, you, you, this is not going exactly like I thought it was going to go. But all that to be said, she's a great singer. I just appreciate how throughout this last, you know, minute or two that you've told the story, you continue just to reference her as Martina. Like, we're, like yeah. y'all, like y'all text. Yeah. Uh, on we also have a cat named Martina. God. I don't know if you knew that. There, listen, <laughs> we can choose 60% of the names that are out there and you've got an animal that's named, that is you know, true. that's with that, that name. That's true. Uh, because you've got that many animals. So let's get back to um, this discussion today about uh, our liberties and and what's right when it yeah. comes to the church, uh, when it comes to uh, government and the church and government 
working together um, at, at times, at times being really at odds mm-hmm. with one another. And I, I think, you know, I, I, I would believe that there's a good portion of our listeners that have at least had some of these very same questions and maybe even concerns. You know, they're, yeah. they're wondering, um, are we at risk of something being taken away? Are we at risk of somehow uh, the, the Christian faith and, and the local church losing a bit of ground? You know, that that's the thing we, we, we don't want to do. I, th- I think a lot of people are um, understandably concerned about gathering right now, mm-hmm. and, and that is a health-related issue. Yeah. Um, we see that proving itself to be true as it relates to, uh, I mean, by, by just attendance alone. However, I do think that some, even if they're saying, uh, you know, I, I would put you in this camp, actually. You know, you guys are staying at home right now. Yep. We've, we've talked about this. Your mother-in-law, uh, you know, lives with you guys. You, you want to be really careful with that. On the other hand, you also really do care about like the church yes. does not need to lose ground here. Uh, you know, the, yeah. the church doesn't need to somehow ha- given up some of its rights and freedoms, uh, you know, in, in this country. Uh, kind of unintentionally yeah. or even unknowingly during this season. And so I, I think there are a number of people that are out there that, that have these questions, um, and, and, and wonderings. I think my statement would be to, um, to uh, our listeners is first and foremost, yes, our allegiance is to a much larger kingdom, and mm-hmm. it is not the kingdom of the United States. Yep. It is the kingdom of God, first and foremost. And so if a kingdom of this earth is clearly telling us that we cannot participate in things we've been instructed to do in the kingdom of God, that is a major, major concern. Mm-hmm. I would again in this case, in our state. Now, I know I'm going to lose some listeners here. I have not sensed that to be true in our state. Not at all. I have not. I have sensed it is a, listen, we understand how important this is to you. We also really would request, and and certainly there's been various language that's come out from various people that has not been as eloquent or as well scripted yeah. as it probably should have been. But it has felt like the more overarching theme in our community has been we are trying to protect people, not we are trying to take away your liberties. Yeah. For some, that is not how they see it. Well, and here's the difference in the state of Tennessee is you have a governor and you have local officials as well across the state that have real relationships with faith leaders. Correct. And real relationships with, with and, and pastors. And I, I am one you of those know, people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so, so we know that without a doubt that when those decisions are being made, there's consultation happening with faith leaders. Right. The difference in California, I mean, I was just reading an article recently. A pastor came out and said, there's no relationship between us, our faith, and, and our denomination and the governor of this state. Right. There's absolutely zero relationship. Which so, is really unfortunate when you th- realize that particular denomination represents represents literally millions of yeah. people. And so yeah. when you have a governor making decisions and, and telling the church to not meet and telling the church to not sing, what that tells me is he doesn't understand what happens inside the church. Right. 
Second, he doesn't have any relationships with anybody that's actually doing that for, for a living. Right. And so when, when we, when we see that, that's why MacArthur has taken it to another level and saying, no, we're going to disobey this order. Right. If there was a relationship and a sit down, not with just John MacArthur, but with the Southern Baptist Convention or with other faith leaders that said, yeah, PCA, that PCA, said hey, here's sure. what we're, here's the conversations we need to be having right now. Then they can come out as a group and say, this is the direction we're going. Right. And that, that's just uh, courtesy. Right. And, and so what we're seeing in certain parts of the country is there's no relationship with those people. And, and the difference is you can be a uh, you can be a liberal, you can be a progressive, you can even be a non-Christian and still have relationships with faith leaders within your state because that's your role in that as an elected as official. an elected official. Right. And and I think some folks have have lost the sight of that's not that has nothing to do with separation of church and state. That's just being a good leader of your state is knowing that your people have concerns. So right. what are those concerns? Let's have a conversation. And and I feel like in California, it's been a one-way conversation. It well, hasn't included actual sit-downs. Well, there's a misnomer that 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 almost it would um would, would seem to indicate that there's a I I represent the people, but I really only represent the people that voted for exactly. me. Exactly. Not and that is not the way that elected no. officials are intended to no. be. Listen, at the end of the day, whether that person voted for you or not, you are still called to represent those people. Yeah. Now, it may be that 70% of the uh, of your people have a leaning one way, yeah. and so thus you're going to represent that to that degree and in that manner. But you cannot completely just act as if there's not a group of people, whether they voted for you or not, that they that, that, that don't exist out there, you know? And so... Here's the thing that I do, I do think. So if I could put a balance out there, um, I, I think there is a, a reminder that our first allegiance is to the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of the earth. I do think, though, that in conjunction with our allegiance to the kingdom of God, there is also an allegiance to the commandments of God. And that would mean that we are going to love people. We're going to love God and we're mm-hmm. going to love people. And so what we don't need to do is even if we say, hey, listen, we need, and this is what we've been doing, we need to get our people back yeah. on campus. For those that are ready, we need to get our people back on campus. We're going to do that, not in some flippant way, yeah. not in some unloving way, but we're really going to try to serve each other well, and we're going to try to serve those that need to stay at home, and we're going to serve those that feel like they need to come on campus We're not going to just be like, hey, listen, forget every guideline you've ever said to us. The kingdom of God just takes all that away. No, we we can do both. Okay, so we can fight for worship. We can also still be caring. We can still be careful. We can still be cautious. And then I think the last piece that I would point out, and I want you to unpack a little bit more of this, too, is that we need not confuse. We need not confuse our Sunday morning gathering with the church as a whole. Mm-hmm. Yes. Is corporate worship something we are called to do? Absolutely. Is it the only thing we are called to do? Absolutely not. No. Is it the, is that building or the, the, the number of people that gather in that building at a certain time, the way that we define the church, it should not. I, I look at Eric Geiger, you know, Eric, Eric, yeah. um, is a longtime friend of mine. Eric was of Lifeway for many, many years. Um, had been at a church in Miami. Now he pastors Mariner's Church 
And I guess they're, uh, I can't remember, Irvine, California, yeah. maybe. Uh, that may not be right. Somewhere in California. And it's been really cool to see, like, I follow him on social media. Again, we'll text on occasion. But, like, they are indeed a church in California, and they are being the church. Yep. And it's not just like, oh, so people are like, all right, so that means they're serving the local yeah. hospitals, which is great. And they're doing things for schools, which is great. But, no, like, they're actually meeting together but they're meeting in like these small, intimate gatherings in almost like burrows, yeah. if you will. It's kind of almost that, uh, you know, kind of that parish model mm-hmm. that we see in the Catholic Church. But it's like they're really almost functioning like parishes and they're being able to keep each other distanced and they're still enjoying the fellowship of one another. And candidly, that ecclesiology might look closer to what we yeah. see in the New Testament then this thing we're trying to hold for and, and yep. fight on, or you know, hold on to and fight for, in gatherings yeah. on Sunday mornings in our big rooms with hundreds, if not thousands, of yep. people. It's a lot to think about. We'll consider a little bit more of it when we come back. <laughs> this is more my wow, more my style. Wow. Yeah. Uh, funny story, this is the song that played at our wedding. I'm kidding. That's, that's not Man. <laughs> Man, oh me. That's Kenny Chesney, local boy. Yeah. Local boy. I think Kenny kind of claims local that's allegiance true. to a lot of different people. But indeed, he is actually a local boy. There are a lot is of... from Clinton? Is that right? Uh, Corrington. Corrington. Yeah, okay, there's that's a... That's right. Uh, like Gibbs. Gibbs is okay, his yeah. school. Yeah. Uh, I think his dad was the PE coach there for a long time. The... Uh, but he's also been known, depending on where his concert is, he'll put an Alabama hat on. Correct. Correct. You know, and I'm like, okay, dude, like, that's not going to work. Yeah, let's not do that. Um, but but going back to to what we were talking about last segment, we just have a, a few more minutes. I do think you're right. I I think that on the other side of this, if if there is a other side of COVID, I don't know what that looks like. Uh, but I, I do think many of us. Uh, needed a new normal. Yep. I think, I think what was considered normal for a lot of us, uh, we have seen. We talked about with, with sports announcers. We talked about with radio. We talked about it with a lot of things. But I do think the church could use this as a moment to go, what are some things we're holding on to that, that we don't need to hold on yeah, to? Yeah. What are traditions that we yeah. added that are not traditions that were added, uh, that, that were intended? Yeah. I, I, maybe we should put it that way. Yeah, I, I, I was talking to Chuck Hooten. You, you know Chuck. Chuck uh, was our worship pastor for many years. He's actually going to be uh, kind of jumping back into uh, leading our body really, really regularly here in just a couple of weeks. He's been away on uh, a season of sabbatical, and uh, he and I were talking just uh, a couple of days ago, and we've talked quite a bit. As you know, they've been touring yep. around Wyoming and Montana yeah, and living the RV life and doing all that other stuff. And um and, and, and so we were talking and I just said, you know, I mean, cause he's, he's really been with us, not from the very beginning, but, but pretty early. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, it, it's basically taken us eight years to, to deconstruct and reconstruct people's understanding of the gospel. And he and I both know, and you and I both know how much more work we still have yeah. on that. When, when you think about kind of what has happened contextually for us, in, in in West Knoxville, h- how much kind of um, deconstruction was really necessary mm-hmm. of people's understanding of the gospel? Was it 
you know, something that, that, that looked more like a prosperity gospel? Was it something that was more of a, a works-based faith? I mean, yeah. we're really like kind of having to, to like, like tear some things down, um, that, that maybe they had really always been taught and then like rebuild it with things that the Bible actually does indeed teach. Yeah. And I said, you know, that, that's taken us eight years. I'm not a hundred percent certain that the next season, while we'll maintain that deconstruction and reconstruction of the gospel, I'm not certain that it's not going to be a season of deconstructing and reconstructing people's understanding of what the church is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's going to take equal, if not longer, time. But people have always thought the church is what I do on Sunday morning yeah. for an hour and 30 minutes. You know, it, it is uh, my, my volunteerism for the church is... Um, the, the way that I serve, um, on one volunteer team at one time during the week. I mean, it is, um, our community, um, is going to function together in one way. Maybe it's through a Sunday school class or a life group as opposed to like really doing life together. The idea of meeting needs is often more connected to like formal ministries as opposed to straight up missionally Mm -hmm. living in our community and meeting the needs of those, you know, that, 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 that are around us. And it may never be connected to a program of the church. Excuse me. I just wonder if the next season isn't going to be a little bit of deconstruction and reconstruction of what the church was intended to look like. And if this is what all this is bringing, then glory to God. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'll i take it. It's not going to be easy. Yeah. It's going gonna, it's gonna to create a lot of heartache and headaches. And uh, it's going to be hard for some people to to see some of those shifts. But I guess my point is, you know, all this statement. How, how many times have we heard this? The church, you know, are you guys, are you guys open yet? Yeah. Have you guys, have you guys, have you guys started back yet? Well, we didn't stop. Right. Like the church didn't close. Yeah. We just have been functioning in different ways. Yeah. And that is really indicative of what a, peop- a lot of people's understanding of the church is. Yeah. And it's, it's, again, it's one of those things where we look at the current situation and we make a shift and it opens our eyes to things. And I do think, that this season, the Lord, at least for me, he's opened my eyes to a lot of things and a lot of a lot of areas where I was holding on to that I didn't need to hold on to. Uh, and I think the same thing with with the church and what we consider the church and what we consider. Do we need a big building? Do we need right. thousands of people to meet? Right. Do, do we need those things or do we see a new normal happen that actually takes us back to acts and the church? And, yeah. And, and, love and serve in a different way and it's going to be a if we look at it from that standpoint and are open to that then then what we may find is on the other side of this we we are actually closer to god correct than we were before this correct and so and i think uh, the god of the universe can certainly use this to do just that and it's going to be uh fun to watch absolutely we'll talk to you guys next week